بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام وبارك على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا وفر الله لنا وللمؤلف وللشارح شيخنا حبيب الله تعالى قال المؤلف رحمه الله تعالى ثم هم مع هذه الأصول يأمرون بالمعروف وينهون عن المنكر على ما توجبه الشريعة ويرون إقامة إقامة الحج والجهاد والجمع والأعياد مع الأمراء أبرارا كانوا أو فجارا ويحافظون على الجماعات ويدينون بالنص بالنسيحة للأمة ويعتقدون معنى قوله صلى الله عليه وسلم المؤمن للمؤمن كالبنيان المرسوس يشد بعضه بعضا وشبك بين حصابئه وقوله صلى الله عليه وسلم مثل المؤمنين في توادئهم وتراهمهم وتعاطفهم كالمثل الجسد إذا اشتكى منه عضو تداعى له سائر الجسد بالحمل والصعب ويأمرون بالصبر عند البلاء والشكر عند الرفع والرضا بالمر القضاء ويدعون إلى مكارم الأخلاق ومحاسن ومحاسن الأعمال ويعتقدون معنى قوله صلى الله عليه وسلم أكمل المؤمنين إيمانا أحسنهم خلقا ويندبون إلى أن تسل من قطعك وتعطي من حرمك وتعفو عمن ظلمك ويأمرون بالبر ويأمرون بالبر الوالدين وسيرة الأرحام وحسن الجواب والإحسان إلى اليتامى والمساكين وابن السبيل والرفق بالمملوك وينحون عن الفخر والخيلاء والبغي والاستطالة على الخلق بحق أو بغير حق ويأمرون بمعالي ويأمرون بمعالي الأخلاق وينحون عن سفسافها وكل ما يقولونه أو يفعلونه من هذه من هذا أو غيره فإنما هم فيه متبعون للكتاب والسنة وطريقتهم هي الدين الإسلام الذي بعث الله به محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم لكن لما أخبر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أن أمته ستترك على ثلاثة وسبعين فرقة كلها في النار إلا واحدة وهي الجماعة وفي حديث عنه صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه قال هم من كان على مثل أنا عليه اليوم أصحابي صار المتمسكون بالإسلام المحض الخالص عن الشوبي هم أحل السنة أحل السنة والجماعة وفيهم الصديقون والشهداء والصالحون ومنهم أعلام الهدى ومصابيح الدجا كل المناقب المحفورة والفضائل المفكورة وفيهم الأبدال وفيهم أئمة الدين الذين أجمع المسلمون على هدايتهم ودرايتهم وهم الطائفة المنصورة الذين قال فيهم النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تزال طائفة من أمة على الحق منصورة لا يضرهم ولا لا يضرهم من خالفهم ولا من خذلهم حتى تقوم الساعة نسأل الله أن يجعلنا منهم وألا يزيغ قلوبنا بعد إبحدانا وأن يحب لنا من وأن يحب لنا من بدونه رحمة إنه هو الوحاب والله أعلم وصلى الله على محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا
بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير ونشهد ان محمدا عبده وخليله ورسوله ارسله رحمه للعالمين ارسله لدعوه الناس الى الدين الى اخلاص العباده لله فبلغ الرساله وادى الامانه ونصح للامه وجاهد في الله حق جهاده صلوات الله وسلامه عليه ورضوانه جل وعلا على صحابه محمد الذين امنوا به وهاجروا معه واليه وجاهدوا معه وبعده وبذلوا انفسهم وارخصوا اموالهم واوطانهم لنصره دعوه محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم فاللهم ارضى عنهم وارضهم واجعلنا جميعا من محبيهم وحقق فينا قولك يا حي يا قيوم والذين جاءوا من بعدهم يقولون ربنا اغفر لنا ولاخواننا الذين سبقونا بالايمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين امنوا اللهم اجعلنا جميعا من هؤلاء ثم ان هذه الجمله التي سمعناها هذه الليله جديره من كل واحد يستطيع ان يحفظها ان يحرص على حفظها فانها اشتملت على خير كثير بينتنا عليه اهل السنه والجماعه اهل السنه المقصود به اتباع سنه محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وسنته صلى الله عليه وسلم هي الدعوه الى الله ونفس الخلق واخلاص العمل لوجه الله والرفق بالرفق والرفق بالناس وتحقيق المصالح لهم يقول الشيخ الاسلام رحمه الله عليه احمد بن عبد الحليم بن عبد السلام بن تيميه الحراني مؤلف العقيده الوسطيه وغيرها من الكتب وكان من اعلى منه في وقته يلقب بشيخ الاسلام لما قام به من بيان الحق والدفاع عنه ونصره الحق والرد على المخالفين وتبين عقيده اهل العقيده الصحيحه اهل السنه والجماعه يقول بعدما تحدث مره من بسط كلامه رحمه الله عليه في هذه الرساله القيمه المهمه يقول عن اهل السنه والجماعه هم اهل السنه يعني المتمسكون بسنه محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وهم الجماعه يعني هم الذين على الهدى الذين وصلهم النبي قال لا تزال طائفه من امتي على الحق منصوره هم الذين لما ذكر النبي افتراق الامم قبل الاسلام وذكر افتراق أمة الإسلام وذكر بين أنها تفترق هذه الأمة إلى ثلاث وسبعين فرقة ثم قال كلها في النار إلا واحدة قالوا من هي؟ قال من كان 
على مثل ما أنا عليه وأصحابي فينبغي للمسلم أن يحرص على تعرف الحالة التي كان عليها رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وحال أصحابه رضي الله عنهم معه وبعده فإن أصحاب محمد هم الذين حملوا هذا الدين حملوا القرآن الكريم حملوا السنة أقوال الرسول عليه الصلاة والسلام حملوا أوامره حملوا ما سكت عن إنكاره أو ما أمر بالقيام به هم الصحابة ولا يمقتهم ولا يتنقصهم من يخاف الله ولا يذمهم من فيه خير فإنهم حملت الدين حقيقة وحملت رايته وحملت لواء الجهاد لنصر هذه الملة الحنيفية السمحة يقول رحمة الله عليه الشيخ الإسلام ابن تيميه عن أهل السنة يعني المحافظون عليها السائرون على ما كان عليه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وأصحابه قال ثم هم مع هذه الأصول يعني التي مرت فيما يتعلق بالتوحيد وإخلاص العبادة وحب الله وحب رسوله إلى غير ما هو مر مر سرده قال ثم هم مع هذه الأصول يأمرون بالمعروف الأمر بالمعروف أمره عظيم وينهون عن المنكر ليس بالتشهي والتلهي ولا بالاستحسان وإنما على ما توجبه الشريعة الله يقول ولتكن منكم أمة إلى آخرة يأمرون بالمعروف وينهون عن المنكر يؤمنون بالله يقول ويرون إقامة الحج الأمر بالمعروف النهي عن المنكر يقول النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام من رأى منكم منكرا فليغيره بيده فإن لم يستطع فبلسانه فإن لم يستطع فبقلبه وذلك أضعف الإيمان لأن الذي لا يغير باليد وهو يقدر هذا ضايع الذي لا يغير باللسان وهو يستطيع لا يخشع وبيترك هذا الامر رائع الذي يعجز عن ذا وذا ولا يغير في القلب هذا ما معه من الايمان شيء يقول ذلك اضعف الايمان في الحديث الاخر يقول النبي وليس وراء ذلك حبه خردل من ايمان حبه خردل اصغر الحبوب التي توجد فلا بد للمسلم ان يعود نفسه لكن ابدا بنفسك فانهى عن غيرها الله قال لمحمد وانذر عشيرتك الاقربين يعني ابدا بهم قبل غيرهم فالانسان يحرص على نهي نفسه عن مخالفات ومنكرات ان يحمل نفسه على تطبيق السنه على نفسه في سلوكه وما يأمر به وما ينهى عنه 
وما يتزيا به ويتحسن يتزين يحرص على ان يكون موافقا للسنه النهي عن المنكر والامر المعروف ليس بمجرد الاستحسانات لا ما جاء في الشريعه انه منكر ينكر بالوسائل الممكنه ما جاء النبي عليه الصلاه والسلام يقول الدين النصيحه يعني لابد ان المسلم ينصح المسلمين اذا لم يقدر ان ينصحهم بوجههم يدعو لهم بان الله يهديهم يقول ويرون يعني اهل السنه اقامه الحج والجهاد والجمع يعني يرون ان الانسان يحج لان النبي بين الله جل وعلا بين الحج انه واجب قال ولله على الناس حج البيت من الناس من قدر من استطاع ان يسلم اما المستطيع لا يخشى شيء لكن لا يحج يقول الله ومن كفر فان الله الى لأن الإسلام أركانه خمسة كانت لا إله إلا الله وأن محمد رسول الله وإقام الصلاة وإيتاء الزكاة وصوم رمضان والحج الإيمان الشهادة لابد أن يكون الإنسان ملتزما لها طول حياته ومن لطف الله بنا فرض علينا في صلواتنا لا يصلي أحد إلا ويأتي بشهادة أن لا إله إلا الله في صلاته ولا يصلي أحد إلا ويأتي بالشهادة أن محمد رسول الله في صلاته ويصلي عليه يقول عن أهل السنة ويرون إقامة الحج من لم يكن حج لا يقود من الحج عمر بن الخطاب يقول لقد هممت من أكتب للآفاق للولاة كل من كان قادرا الحج فلم يحج اضربوا عليها الجزيه ما هم بالمسلمين يقولون يرون الحج اقامه الحج والجهاد الجهاد دعوه الناس للاسلام ومن يتابى يقاتل يقول الله يقول المصطفى امرت ان اقاتل الناس حتى يشهدوا ان لا اله الا الله واني رسول الله ويقيموا الصلاه ويؤتوا الزكاه هذه اركان الاسلام الظاهره التي لا بد ان يراها الناس يعلموها من الشخص وتاتي الصلاه الصيام ياتي الانسان يمكن يقول صائم وهو ما صام هذه فيما بينه وبين الله الحج ليس في كل عام في العمر مره قال ويرون الحج والجهاد الجهاد لابد منه النبي لما ذكر ان من شهد ان لا اله الا الله وان محمد رسول الله وعدى الصلوات الخمس وعدى الزكاه الواجبه عليه وصام رمضان يعني وحج يدخل الجنه قال نعم قال احد الصحابه وهو جالس بخن بخن يعني هذا حسن هذا جميل اذا صلى وشاهد ان لا اله الا الله وان محمد صلى الله 
وصلى وعد الزكاة على المال الذي عنده إذا حال عليه الحول إلى آخر يدخل الجنة قال قال هل الذي يعجبك هذا قال نعم قال إن في الجنة مئة درجة ما بين كل درجة وأخرى أبعد مما بين السماء والأرض جعلها الله للمجاهدين في سبيل الله لأن الجهاد في سبيل الله هو وسيلة إدخال المتعبي في الدين هو إقامة السلطة المهيبة التي تخيف الأعداء وتؤمن على الإيمان فالحج والجهاد والجمع والأعياد يرى أهل السنة القيام بها مع الأمراء سواء كان الأمراء والولاة أبرارا أزكيا أو كانوا أهل ذنوب يعني لا مانع يصلي الواحد خلف الوالي ولو كان الوالي عنده فجور وضلال وإثم لكن بشرط أن يكون مسلما لا يرتكب ما يخرجه من الملة أي لا يرتكب الشرك الأكبر أما أن يصلي الواحد خلف واحد يقول يا حسين يا حسين يا حسين هذه لا تصح الصلاة نقول يلتزم أمر الحج والجهاد والجمع والأعياد مع العمرة أبرارا كانوا أو فجارا لا شك أنه يصلوا العمرة أبرارا أتقيا يخافون الله ويرجونه ويعظمون شريعته ويقيمون العدل هذا خير كثير لكن قد لا يكونون كذلك من كل وجه ولذلك لما ذكر النبي الخلافة قال الخلافة بعد ثلاثون عاما ثم تكون ملكا عبوضا فالخلافة الراشدة هي خلافة أبي بكر وعمر وعثمان وعلي تم لهم أربعون سنة ثلاثون سنة فترة بسيطة كملت الثلاثين التي أتمها الحسن قبل أن يتنازل لمعاوية رضي الله عنه الصحابة أجمعين يقول ويحافظون على الجماعات يعني أداء الصلوات الجماعة لا يتركها الواحد وهو قادر على أن يؤديها إن بهم أن يحرق البيوت على المتخلفين على الجماعة يقول لقد هممت الآمرة بأن يؤم الناس ثم أمر برجال يأتون بحزن من حطب ثم أخالف إلى قوم لا يشهدون جماعة وفي لفظ الجمعة والجماعة فأحرق عليهم بيوتهم في النار ويقول في اللفظ الآخر ولولا ما في البيوت من النساء والذرية لحرقتها عليهم قال ويحافظون على الجماعات ومن ما ينبغي ان يحافظ عليه ان يحافظ على اجتماع الكلمه كلمه المسلمين ان تكون على الاخلاص لله بالعمل والتعاون على البر والتقوى يقول رحمه الله عليه ويدينون بالنصيحه للائمه للامه الذي قال الدين النصيحه 
الحديث الصحيح الدين النصيحه قرأت الثالثه الدين النصيحه قالوا لمن يا رسول الله؟ قال لله ولكتابه ولرسوله ولائمه المسلمين وعامتهم وفي حديث جرير بن عبد الله البجلي في البيعه على الاسلام بايعناه بايعنا رسول الله على شهاده ان لا اله الا الله وان محمد رسول الله ويقال صلى الله عليه والنصح لكل مسلم يقول النصيحه للامه فلا يكون الواحد مؤمنا الا ان يكون ناصحا للامه يحب لها الخير ويدلها عليه ويدافع عنها بقدر المستطاع قال ويعتقدون معنى قول الله قول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم المؤمن للمؤمن كالبنيان المرصوص يشد بعضه بعضا يعني من شأن المؤمن ان يكون كالبنيان يعني البنيان لو هد طرف الجدار فساقط الباقي لابد ان يكون هذا البناء المرصوص من الناس قائما على التعاون على البر والتقوى والتآلف وشد الأزر وإذلال الأعداء يقول وشبك النبي بين أصابعه لما قال كالبنان قال بيديه هكذا هذه أصابع متشابكة حتى تكون متماسكة يقول شبك بين أصابعه صلى الله عليه وسلم وفي قوله في الحديث الآخر مثل المؤمنين في توادهم وتراحمهم وتعاطفهم كمثل الجسد إذا اشتكى منه عضو تداعى له سائر جسده بالحمى والسهر يعني الجسد الواحد لما تصيبه شوكة في وحز في جنبه أو قدمه يتألم حتى رأسه يتألم لما يكون عنده صداع يحس بإرهاق وفتور عجز إذا ينبغي للمسلم في الكيان الإسلامي أن يحرص على القيام بحق الأمة عليه بأن يكون ناصحا يفرح لهم بالخير ويتألم بما يصيبهم من ضرر ويدفع عنهم بقدر مستطاع يقول ويأمرون بالصبر عند البلاء يعني إذا وقع أمر وجد يأمرون بالصبر الله جل وعلا أثنى على الصابرين فيقول النبي ما أعطي ابن آدم عطاء خيرا من الصبر متى جد في دفع البلاء المتوقع لكن إذا وقع البلاء فكن صابر تذكر قول الله إنا لله وإنا إليه راجعون الله لما ذكر هؤلاء الذين يصيبوا مصيبه فيقولون إنا لله وإنا إليه راجعون قال أولئك عليهم الصلوات من ربهم ورحمه إلى آخره قال والشكر عند الرخاء الله جل وعلا وعد الشاكرين بالخير يقول سبحانه وإذ تأذن ربكم لئن شكرتم لأزيدنكم إذا من الله أعطى عبدا من عباده نعمة فقد حمد الله وشكره على هذه النعمة بارك الله له وأخلف عليه خيرا مما قد يفوته منه يقول الشكر عند الرضا عند الرخاء 
والرضا بمر القضاء يعني اذا جاء جاء الامر جاء الانسان امر لا حيله له بدفعه وقع مات له حبيب قريب صديق تلف له مال ما صار بالامكان ان يرد عنه ما حصل يصبر يعلم ان هذا بقضاء الله جل وعلا قدره يسال ربه ان يكون ما حل به من اسباب سعادته في الدنيا والاخره ورد بمر القضاء لان الشيء ليس بمر بل لذيذ حالي هذا اننا ان نعمل مسؤوليه الساره اذا حصلت له يشكر ربه عليها إذ تأذن ربكم لئن شكرتم لأزيدنكم ولئن كفرتم إن عذابي لشديد. يقول ومما يهتم له أهل السنة والجماعة أنهم يدعون إلى مكارم الأخلاق ومحاسن الأعمال. يخالق الناس بالخلق الحسن. اعمل للناس ما تحب أن يعملون لك. إذا لقيتهم ابدأهم بالسلام. إذا قابلتهم فبإمكانك أن تقابلهم بالبشاشة إلى غير ذلك من مكارم الأخلاق ومحاسن الأعمال يعني من القول من الرفق بهم بأيديك بنفسك تعينهم على ما يعجزون عليه ويعتقدون معنى قول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أكمل المؤمنين إيمانا أحسنهم خلقا يعني على عندنا عشرة مثلا أو مئة مؤمنون من أحسنهم؟ من أكملهم إيمان؟ أحسنهم خلق وخالق الناس بخلق حسن لا يقابل الناس بالفضاضة ولا بشراسة الكلام ولا بالإشمئزاز والتكبر يقول ويندبون أي أهل السنة والجماعة إلى أن تصل من قطعك وتعطي من حرمك لا تعال من قطعك لا تقول ابادله بالقطيعه لا قريب قريبك على الذي يقصر في صلتك وبامكانك ان تصله ولو قصر هذه من مكارم الاخلاق تعطي من حرمك اذا احتاج من حرمك اليك وانت في رفع احمد الله احمد الله جل وعلا أنك قادر على أن تحسن إليه فأحسن إليه. قالوا أن تعفو عمن ظلمك. الله جل وعلا يحب العافين عن الناس. يقول أن تعفو أقرب للتقوى. قال ويأمرون ببر الوالدين. أمر الوالدين أمر عظيم. الذي قال عن الوالدين من أدرك والديه. فلم يدخلاه الجنه دخل النار لم يبرهما ويحسن اليهما ويسعى في تحقيق ما يسرهما من الخير يقول ويعتقدون معنا ويامرنا ببر الوالدين وصله الارحام الحديث الصحيح ان الله لما خلق الخلق ومن ذلك الرحم امسكت الرحم بقائمه العرش وقالت هذا مقام العائد بك من القطيعه 
فقال الله لرحم أما ترضين أن أصل من وصلك وأن أقطع من قطعك إذا صلة الواحد لقرابته الأرحام المقصود فيها القرابة من جهة الأم ومن جهة الأب يعني أقارب الأم كلهم قرابة ذوي رحم أقارب الأب كلهم ذوي رحم يحصل الواحد يحبس الواحد على صلة الرحم قال وحسن الجوار الذي قال من كان يؤمن بالله واليوم الاخر فليصل رحمه ومن كان يؤمن بالله واليوم الاخر فليكرم ضيفه ومن كان يؤمن بالله واليوم الاخر فليحسن الى جاره ينبغي للواحد اذا كان له جيران ان يحسن اليهم كيف يحسن؟ ان امكن ان يحسن اليهم بما يزيد عندهم من خير والا على الاقل ان يحسن اليهم بان يكف اذاه عنهم النبي لما ذكر ويكفر الذنوب ويقول الصحابي كل شيء واذا لم استطع قال كفك اذاك عن الناس صدقه يقول والاحسان الى اليتامى والمساكين وابن السبيل يعني كل من يمكن ان تفعل الخير اليهم احرص ابذل جهدك بقدر المستطاع يقول النبي لا تحقرن من المعروف شيئا ولو ان تلقى اخاك بوجه طلق بوجه فيه البشر والرضا والقبول يقول والمساكين المحتاجين الفقراء وابن السبيل يعني من انقطعت به السبيل من سافر وحتى لو لم تنقطع به دله على الطريق اذا كان لا يعرف الطريق المعدي الى محل كذا وكذا اذكره له صفه له اخبره بالاشياء التي قد تكون عوائق في الطريق قال والرفق بالمملوك هذا في الرق لكن الرق ما عند المسلمين الان رق المسلمون يوم كانوا مجاهدين حقا في سبيل الله وهم قد استرقوا ملوك العالم استرقوا ابناء الاكاسره وغيرهم وغيرهم عندما كانوا مجاهدين في سبيل الله ولا شك ان الجهاد لا ينقطع مهما قال الناس لا جهاد لا لا يعني مذهب اهل الحق ان الجهاد ينبغي ان يقوم الى قيام الساعه بقدر المستطاع قال والرفق المملوك وينهون عن الفخر يعني بذل المعروف والاخلاق الحسنه والرفق باليتيم والمسكين والتصدق بقدر المستطاع الى غير ذلك كل هذه من البذل جاء في النهي ينهون عن الفخر لا يفتخر الانسان الناس كلهم لادم جميع بني الناس من ذريه رجل واحد وامراه الله يقول ان اكرامكم عند الله اتقاكم ما خلق ربكم الذي ابوه ملك او جده ملك او شيء من لا من كان اتقى لله فهو الاكرم قال وينهون عن الفخر والخيل التكبر الخلا يوم القيامه يحشرون كالذر حقاره قال والبغي وهو الظلم والعدوان 
والاستطاله على الخلق ان يتفاخر ويستطيع عليهم بنفوذه ان كان له نفوذ او بالباطل كل هذا امر مشين قال بحق او بغير حق قال ويامرون بمعالي الاخلاق يعني بكريمها بالرفق بالاحسان بالحياء قال وينهون عن سفاسفها يعني الاخلاق الرذيله وسوء الكلام وسلطه اللسان بغير حق فكل ما يقولونه او يفعلونه من هذا وغيره يعني اهل السنه انما هم فيه متبعون للقران الكريم ولسنه المصطفى صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول وطريقه اهل السنه هي دين الاسلام الذي بعث الله به محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم والله يقول ان الدين عند الله الاسلام يعني ما الدين الحق هو الاسلام والله يقول ومن يبتغي غير الاسلام دين فلن يقبل منه فالاسلام هو دين الله الحق الذي جاء به محمد وهو دين الانبياء قبله كلهم يعني دين العباده وتقوى الله واحد وانما الخلافات فيما يتعلق بالتشريعات في بيوع في ملكيات الى غيره يقول لكن لما اخبر لما لكن لما اخبر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ان امته ستفترق على 73 فرقه كلها في النار الا واحده وهي الجماعه يعني هم اهل السنه والجماعه وفي حديث عنه انهم قال ان انه قال هم من من كان على مثل ما انا عليه اليوم واصحابي الذي كان عليه صلى الله عليه وسلم كان الرفق التعاون يؤثرون على انفسهم ولو كان بهم خصاصه لما يعرض على الانسان شيء وناس موجود يوجدون وكلهم محتاجون لهذا الشيء يتدافع الناس كل واحد يقول لا لا اعطي فلان اشد حاجه مني يقول صار متمسكون بالاسلام المحض الخالص من الشوب يعني ما في خلط يفسد هم اهل السنه والجماعه الله المستعان يعني وفيهم الجماعه في اهل السنه فيهم الصديقون والشهداء والصالحون ومنهم اعلام البدع يعني علماء الحق والدعون اليه ومصابيح الدجال يعني كانهم بما يدعون اليه من الخير كانما هم سرج يعرف الانسان الطريق يرى ضوء الضوء في الطريق بسببهم يعني بسبب بيانهم اولو المناقب الماثوره يعني الصفات الكريمه المنقوله عنهم والفضائل المذكوره وفيهم الابدان يعني كلما مات داعيه حق ومرشد الى مرشد الى خير بعث بعث الله جل وعلا من يدعو الناس الى الخير ولهذا لا ينقطع في الامه الاسلاميه من يدعو الى الخير الى ان ياذن الله بخراب الدنيا قال وفيهم ائمه الدين الذين اجمع المسلمون على هدايتهم ودرايتهم وهم الطائفه المنصوره 
الذين قال فيهم النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تزال طائفه من امتي على الحق منصوره لا يضرهم من خالفهم ولا من خذلهم حتى تقوم الساعه ما اجمل هذه الجمل التي مرت في هذه الخلاصه التي سردها شيخ الاسلام رحمه الله عليه يقول نسال الله ان يجعلنا منهم وان لا يزيغ قلوبنا بعد اذا هدانا وان يهب لنا من لدنه رحمه انه هو الوهاب اللهم اجعلنا كذلك يا حي القيوم اللهم اجعلنا جميعا من المحققين لما استمرت عليه هذه العبارات والصادقين في تطلب الخير والعارفين لاخطائنا السريعين الى سلوك طريق التوبه منها كما اسال سبحانه وتعالى ان يبارك لنا فيما اعطانا من صحه وعمل وامن وان يحقق للامه الاسلاميه عاجل غير عاجل انتصار الحق على الباطل وخذلان دعاة الالحاد والفجور ودعاة الفساد في الدنيا ان يحذرهم ويسلط عليهم اهل الحق بمنه جل وعلا وكرمه واخر دعوانا ان الحمد لله رب العالمين The Shaykh Hafeezullah Ta'ala began by praising Allah and sending verily we seek refuge in Allah Ta'ala from the evil of our deeds. Whomsoever Allah guides, there's no one who can misguide him. And whomsoever Allah misguides, there's no guide for him. Bear witness that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah. He is alone. He has no partners. And I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu is his slave and messenger. He is the one that Allah sent as a mercy to mankind. The Prophet sallallahu was sent to guide the people to ikhlas. The Prophet sallallahu gave the message. He fought in, way of, in the way of Allah azawajal. And he was sincere for his ummah. May Allah be pleased with the companions of the Prophet those who believed in him fought for the religion of Islam, migrated with him and migrated to him. And may Allah make us from amongst those who say after them, O Allah forgive us and our brothers who have preceded us in faith and do not place within our hearts any dislike for them. O Allah make us from amongst those who are sincere and have sincere love toward them. The Shaykh bin Habib Allah Ta'ala in the sentences which we heard in tonight's lesson or it is befitting that an individual memorizes that which we've heard in the end of this treatise if an individual has the ability to do so a person should be diligent in memorizing it because it uh, has much good within it and this is that which the people of the Sunnah were upon the followers of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and those who call to Allah and those who are sincere to the creation. The Shaykh mentioned that Shaykh Al-Islam Ibn Tamir Ta'ala, the author of this treatise and the author of other beneficial works, he was from the most knowledgeable of his time. Even so much so, he was given the name as the scholar of Islam because of his because of his clarification of the truth and support of the truth 
and call to the truth and his clarification of the correct aqidah, calling the people and teaching the people the correct aqidah. He was given the nickname as the scholar of Islam. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned rahimahullah ta'ala and they are in addition to the foundations that have proceeded and individuals that he's referring to is those who adhere to the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam along with that which has proceeded they enjoin the good and they forbid the evil or they enforce the good and they forbid the evil upon that which the legislation uh, legislates and demands and the Shaykh mentioned Ta'ala that this is those who are in adherence to the Sunnah of the Prophet as the Prophet mentioned that there will always be a group of my Ummah that are upon the truth and they will not be harmed by those who oppose them until the Day of Judgment comes about and this was mentioned when the Prophet mentioned that the Ummah would be divided into 73 sects all of them would be in the hellfire and he mentioned before that that the Jews were divided and the Christians were divided and then he mentioned that his ummah would be divided and all of them are in the hellfire except one and the companions questioned the Prophet who are they? and the Prophet said they are the ones that I that are upon what I am today and my companions so the Shaykh mentioned is befitting that we know that which the Prophet was upon and likewise that which his companions were upon for verily they not so we should know that which the Prophet was upon and that which his companions were upon while he was alive and that which his companions were upon after the death of the Prophet for verily they were the ones that carried the religion they were the ones that carried and preserved the Quran they carried and preserved the Sunnah they carried and preserved the statements of the Prophet and his orders and that which he was silent about. So verily an individual does not speak ill and belittle the companions if he has true fear of Allah and no one speaks ill about them except that there is no good in the individual for verily they are the carriers of all good and they are the carriers of the flag of Islam. So the Shaykh went on to mention that that was Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned about them ordering the good and forbidding the evil based on the legislation of, us, of at Islam. So previously the author mentioned the foundations of Tawheed, the foundations of sincerity, the foundations of worship, the foundations of the love of Allah and His Messenger وسلم, and now he's mentioning the fact that they ordered the good and they or they enjoined the good and they forbid the evil. They enforce the good, they forbid the evil. And the Shaykh said that this is one of the uh, most tremendous pillars in Islam. And that is enjoining the good and forbidding the evil. And it is not done based on your desires. It is not done based on what an individual holds to be correct, but it is in accordance to the legislation. It is in accordance to the legislation. That's why the Prophet ﷺ mentioned Whoever from amongst you sees something wrong in accordance with the legislation, change it with his hand. If he does not have the ability, change it with his tongue. If he does not have the ability, then the least is that he hates it within his heart. 
So the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, so the individual that does not change something according to the legislation with his hand, and he has the ability to do so, then this individual is astray. And likewise, if the individual does not change something with his tongue, and he, have the, he has the ability to do so, then this individual is astray. But if the individual doesn't change it with his hands, nor with his tongue, and on top of that, he does not feel uh, hate toward it within his heart, then this individual has no iman. As the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, there's no, uh, there's not even the size of the mustard seed within the heart of this individual, and that is the smallest or the, the most minute seed. And then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, and in, with regards to enjoining the good and forbidding the evil, the individual should thought, should thought with himself. As Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, وَأَنذِرْ عَشِيرَتَكَ الْأَقْرَبِينَ Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, and warn your close uh, relatives. So that which is befitting is that the individual begins with himself, and he begins with those who are around him. And the individual should be diligent in uh, confining to, or the individual should be diligent in uh, abiding by the orders, and abstaining from that which is forbidden. And he should be diligent in enforcing the sunnah upon himself and those who are around him. He should make sure that his, his actions and statements are in accordance with the sunnah. So enjoining the good and forbidding evil is not based on your desires and based on what you feel is correct, but it is in accordance with the legislation. The Prophet ﷺ said, that the religion is sincerity. So, now, so that the individual should work upon this, should work upon being sincere for the religion. And the individual should not call except to Allah that Allah keeps him firm upon the guidance. And then Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned and they see and they uh, believe that the, the Hajj should be implemented, the pilgrimage should be implemented and Jihad should be implemented and the Juma, the Friday sermon and the prayer should be implemented. And this is done with the rulers whether they are righteous or whether they are not righteous. And they preserve the Jama'at, meaning they preserve the prayers in congregation. The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that with regards to the Hajj, Allah Azawajal has clarified that the Hajj is obligatory. As Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, and perform the Hajj and the Umrah for Allah Azawajal. So it is obligatory upon the individual that has the ability to do so. And whoever abandons Hajj after having the means to do so, Allah has said about this individual, فَمَنْ كَفَرَ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ غَنِيٌّ عَنِ الْعَالَمِينَ Whoever disbelieves, then Allah is self-sufficient. Allah Azawajal is self-sufficient. So Allah mentions the Hajj, and then He mentions, and whoever disbelieves. So that shows you that the individual who abandons the Hajj while having, this, having the ability to do so, this individual has fallen into a tremendous sin. And the Shaykh mentioned that the pillars of Islam are five, and from the five pillars of Islam is the Hajj. After the Shahadatain and after the Siyam. And the Shaykh mentioned that the Shahadatain is something which is done every day. The declaration of faith is something which is done every day because it is in the prayer itself. From the mercy of Allah upon the Ummah is that an individual even says the Shahada even when he prays. 
Ashhadu an la ilaha illa Ashhadu anna Muhammadur Rasulullah. You say it in every uh, unit of your of your prayer. With regard to the Hajj, Umar ibn Khattab he wrote to the different lands that were conquered by the Muslims. And he said, look at the affair of the individuals that have the ability. And Umar ibn Khattab wrote a letter to his rulers, his governors in the different lands that were ruled by the Muslims. And he said, look at the affair of everyone that has the ability to perform the Hajj, but they don't do so. Then implement the, the tax for these individuals. They are not Muslim. Implement the tax uh, or make the tax, the Islamic tax incumbent upon these individuals because they are not, they are not Muslim. And likewise, jihad. We believe in the affair of jihad and this is calling the people to Islam. And if they do not enter into Islam, then they have to pay the, the tax. And if they do not do so, then these individuals are fought. As was mentioned by the Prophet Sallallahu nas to the end of the hadith of the Prophet said, I was ordered to fight the people until they declare that there's no deity worthy of worship except Allah until the end of the hadith. So the Prophet was ordered to fight the people if they do not enter into the fold of Islam. And then the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala that Hajj is only obligatory upon the Muslim once in a lifetime. And after that, the author mentioned the affair of jihad. And the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala, Naam, it is incumbent that the Muslims fight jihad. As it was mentioned by the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned the Salat, the Zakat, the Psalm of Ramadan. And the Prophet ﷺ, one time he was with his companions, and he mentioned that whoever says the declaration of faith, that Allah is the only, de Allah is the only deity worthy of worship, and or there's no deity worthy of worship except Allah, and that Muhammad ﷺ is the Messenger of Allah, and the Zakat, and the fasting of the Ramadan, and the Hajj, and whoever does so, they will enter into Jinnah. One of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ said, this is good, this is wonderful. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, but verily in paradise, there is 100 levels. And between each level, it's like the distance between the heavens and the earth. Allah has prepared it specifically for those who fight in the way of Allah Azawajal. So the Shaykh mentioned, the merits of fighting in the way of Allah Azawajal, and by doing so, by establishing the jihad, you create authority over the people. So you bring safety to the believers, and you bring fear to the enemies of Islam. By establishing the, the jihad, you bring safety to the people of Iman, and you bring fear to the enemies of Islam. And the Shaykh or Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned that the people of the Sunnah, they believe all of these things along with the, 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 the or they believe in establishing the, the prayer along with the rulers, whether they are righteous or whether they are not righteous. And the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala that Naam, this is the case. And that is that you might have rulers that fall into sin. They might commit sins. But this does not prevent you from praying behind them as long as the sin does not take them out of the fold of Islam. As long as the sin does not take the ruler out of the fold of Islam, then we believe that it's permissible to pray behind him and the prayer is correct. But for example, if the ruler calls, has shirk, he falls into major shirk, 
He says, Yeah, Hussein, Yeah, Hussein. The ruler says, Calls on Hussein. Then the prayer behind him is not correct. We should not pray behind this type of individual that commits major shirk. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. But if the case is you can have righteous, pious rulers, then this is something which is wonderful to me. Rulers that fear Allah. Rulers that implement the legislation and have reverence for the legislation of Allah. This is something which is wonderful. But this will not always be the case. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned that rulership, that the guided rulership after him would last for 30 years. And then you would have kings. And then you would have kings. And this took place during the time of Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, and Ali, and a portion of the time of Al-Hasan. Uh, uh, this was the time that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned would, you would have guided, you would have guided ruler, rulers, and then after that you would have kings. Then the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned about establishing the prayer in congregation, that this is something which is obligatory upon the, the males, upon the men, the Muslim men. So much so that the Prophet ﷺ, he wanted to, he wanted to establish the prayer and then send someone to go around to the houses of the men that do not pray in congregation and to burn down their homes. And then in another narration, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, if it were not for the women and the children in those homes, I would have done it. So this shows you the, the, the major obligation of the men in praying in congregation. And likewise, the Shaykh mentioned, Habib Allah Ta'ala, the importance of unity upon that which is correct. The importance of unity upon sincerity. And the importance of unity upon that which is upon righteousness and piety. And then he mentioned, And they are, they, they, they implement sincerity for the Ummah. And in the way of Ahlul Sunnah is that they are sincere for the Ummah. And they believe the statement or the meaning of the statement of the Prophet ﷺ that the believers are to believers like one uh, joint structure. They support one another. And the Prophet ﷺ, he joined his fingers. He joined his fingers and the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala, he did it while he was explaining that particular section of the book. And this came when the Prophet ﷺ said, the religion is sincerity. And the Prophet said it three times. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, that being sincere to Allah, being sincere for His book, being sincere for His messengers, and being sincere for the Ummah, the, the rulers, and the general laymen, we have to be sincere for them. And this also came in the hadith of Jurir ibn Abdullah al-Bajri. Also came in the hadith of Jurir ibn Abdullah al-Bajri, the companion of the Prophet ﷺ. He said, we gave oath to the Prophet ﷺ. We gave oath to the Prophet ﷺ and toward the end of that oath he said, and we are sincere for all of the Muslims. So the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala is befitting and mandatory that the Muslim is sincere for the Muslims. And you want good for all of the Muslims. This is the affair of the believer. And um, the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, the other hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said, the believers in their love and their affection and their mercy toward one another are like one body. If one part of the body is afflicted, then the rest of the body is harmed. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah it is like a wall. If a portion of the wall falls, the rest of the wall would fall. 
So the Shaykh mentioned Hafizullah So the Muslims come together upon righteousness, the Muslims come together upon piety, and they come together upon affection for one another. And then the Prophet joined his hands to show the strength of the Muslims and their structure. And the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala, for example, if you have an individual, if his head hurts, then the rest of his body would also hurt. So this, the Shaykh mentioned, it is befitting for the Muslims to be diligent in wanting good for the Ummah, and wanting to Ummah to be upon the, the, the truth. And they are happy when they are upon, when, when good befalls the Ummah, we are happy. And likewise, when bad befalls the Ummah, uh, we are sad. And we should try to prevent any harm from afflicting them. And we should protect them and we should support them. This is the way of the Muslims. Then he mentioned, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Timir ta'ala mentioned, That they order patience during the time of calamity and gratitude during the time of happiness and patience or uh, to be pleased when the, 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 the divine decree is, is, deep, is displeasing to some. And the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah this is the way of Ahlu Sunnah, that they order one another to be, to be patient. And then the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah even before that, uh, nah, or when, when he said that, that the Prophet said that a believer is not given any blessing like patience. The believer is not blessed with a blessing like patience. So if an affair takes place, calamity takes place, the individual is ordered to be patient. As Allah mentioned in the Quran, that uh, if anything uh, afflicts them, what do they say? Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. Verily, when a calamity afflicts them, they say, from Allah we come and to Allah we will return. So the way of the believer is that if something afflicts them, they are patient. And likewise, they are happy when good comes to them. And this is obligatory, as Allah said. Uh, as Allah mentioned in the Quran, If when your Lord declared, if you are grateful, I would increase you. So the way of the believer, if good comes to them, they are grateful to Allah Azawajal, and this would be the means of Allah Azawajal increasing them. And likewise, they are patient when uh, something which is displeasing befalls them. For example, if an affair takes place and they had no means of avoiding that, then they are patient. For example, if one of their relatives dies, if a friend dies, or if their wealth is destroyed and the likes of that, the way of the believer is that they are patient, that they know that this is the, the divine decree of Allah Azawajal, and they are patient, and they ask Allah Azawajal to make this a means of uh, happiness for them in this life. Based on the statement of Allah Azawajal, uh, if you are grateful, I would increase you. So they are grateful to Allah, and they ask Allah to make this a means for happiness. Likewise, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Timir mentioned, and they call to good exemplary character. And the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala, Naam, this is that which they do, they call to good character. When they are in the company of the people, they are in the best of manners. And they treat the people in a manner that they would like to be treated. For example, when they meet the people, they meet them with peace. They meet them with the greeting of peace. They, they smile to them. 
and they do so with statements and they do so with actions and they try to assist them and they try to support them the Prophet ﷺ mentioned the best of the person or the most complete of faith of the individual is the best in character is the individual who has the best of character and the Shaykh said for example if you have 10 individuals who is the best of them in character? Afwan, if you have 10 individuals who is the best of them in faith? The one who is best in his character. So he is not staunch, he is not stern, he is not uh, angry with the people, he is not prideful with the people in his, in his statements or in his actions, but he is very gentle with the people. He does not cut off those who cut him off. As Shaykh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah mentioned, he does not cut off those who cut him off. He does not uh, prevent those who have prevented him. And so for example, if a person prevents you of something, and then later on that person is in need, you give it to them. And you overlook the harm of the people. The Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, Verily Allah loves that you overlook the harm of the people. As Allah Ta'ala mentioned, uh, Verily Allah loves those who overlook the harm of the people. And then Allah Ta'ala also mentioned, uh, Verily the most beloved to you are, are, with Allah are those who have taqwa. And likewise they order or they implement uh, kindness towards parents. And the Shaykh mentioned, Habibullah Ta'ala, that this is a tremendous affair, kindness towards, parent, towards parents. As was mentioned in the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that uh, you have the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when he mentioned that whoever reaches his parents, meaning he is alive at the same time as his parents, and they do not enter him into paradise, meaning because of his dealings with his parents, they enter him into paradise. Whoever does not do this, then he will enter into the hellfire. Meaning, an individual, if he reaches his parents, meaning they are alive at the same time that he's alive, and he does not deal with them in kindness and the likes, then he will have the hellfire. And likewise, joining the, the relationship between relatives, joining the relationship, keeping the family ties. This is something which is also obligatory in Islam. So much so you have the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ where Allah actually spoke to uh, the, the, the keeping of the ties. Allah spoke to the speaking of ties. Uh, Allah spoke to the, the, the rahim, which is the, the family ties. And Allah said, it is, it, isn't it sufficient that I keep close the individual who uh, keeps the family ties and I separate from the individual who separates the family ties? So this shows you the, the, the obligation of keeping the, the ties in Islam, keeping ties with the relatives in Islam. And likewise, husnul jiwar, that the, the way of Ahlul Sunnah is that they are, they are good toward their neighbors. And this came in the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ where he mentioned, whoever believes in Allah, Allah in the last day, then treat his, treat his neighbors with kindness. So it is mandatory in Islam that we treat our neighbors with kindness. And the Shaykh mentioned, how is this done? If you can give them good, then you should do so. But if you cannot give them good, then the least that you should do is that you prevent harm from afflicting them. You prevent your harm from afflicting them. And then Shaykh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah mentioned, that we are good to the orphans and we are good to the poor and we are good to the traveler 
who no longer has the means. So the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala Naam, this is the, the way of Ahlul Sunnah, that we are good to the people and we do not harm the people. We are good to the orphan. We are good to the poor person. We are good to the, the traveler who no longer has the means. And this came in the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, Do not belittle any form of good, even if it means meeting your brother with a happy, pleasant face. So the, for example, the person who is a traveler and he is cut off from his journey, meaning he no longer, no longer has the means to continue his journey, you should provide for this individual. And if you cannot provide for him, the least that you can do for this individual is you direct him to the correct path. You direct him to uh, his, you know, the correct, that you give him the, the correct directions. Or you tell him about the harms of a particular path. Don't take this path because there's something harmful on this path. Then Shaykh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah mentioned Rahimahullah Ta'ala about kindness toward the slaves. And the Shaykh mentioned this is when there was uh, slavery, when the Muslims were fighting jihad. And even it became to the, it came to the extent that the Muslims, they conquered lands and they took kings as slaves. And this is when we were fighting the true uh, jihad. And the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala that jihad would not be cut off until the Day of Judgment. We are not like some people that say there's no jihad or oh, there will never be jihad. We are not like some people that would say there will never be jihad and jihad has ended. No. Jihad is something that would be, take place until, until the day of judgment if we have the ability to fight it. If we have the ability to fight it. And then Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned rahimahullah ta'ala وَيَنْحُونَ عَنَ الْفَخْرِ وَالْخُيَلَاءِ That we, for, we forbid that people are, are prideful. Uh, we forbid that people are prideful and we forbid uh, the way of Ahlul Sunnah is that we forbid pride and we forbid people uh, feeling that they are above others. Uh, and you have the hadith uh, of the, of, or you have the ayat of Allah Azawajal إِنَّ أَكْرَمَكُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَتْقَاكُمْ Verily, the most uh, precious of you to Allah are the individuals that have taqwa. So, we are not prideful. The individual is not prideful and he's not the best because his father is a king or his grandfather is a king. But that which makes the individual the best with Allah Azawajal is taqwa. Naam. And so the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala so that we are the type that we, we enjoin and we enforce that the people are kind toward one another. And uh, we, we order them to be gentle, we order them to be uh, kind, we order them to be shy and the likes of that. And we should distance ourselves from evil speech and evil actions. And Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned rahimahullah ta'ala and all of this which is related to the character all of this is done and other than this is done and they are in doing so they follow the book and they follow the sunnah. And the Shaykh mentioned ta'ala so we should understand that this is from our religion and this is the religion that Allah Azawajal has ordered. In the deen in the Allah islam verily the religion with Allah is Islam and that's the verse from the Quran. And likewise, the statement of Allah Azawajal, Whoever seeks Islam or other than Islam as a religion, it will not be accepted from him. So, this is Islam. Everything has been mentioned, all of these principles previously, and all of the principles that were mentioned today about character, all of them are from Islam. That which was brought by the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And it was, the, it was the religion of the Prophets that came before the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Their religion of uh, the, the religion of ikhlas And the religion of Tawheed is the same 
but that which was different between the prophets and the messengers and the prophet Muhammad sallallahu are the specific legislation as it relates to uh, business transactions and the likes. But in, in the affair of the ibadah, in the affair of the tawheed, in the affair of ikhlas, it is all of the same, it is all, it is the same amongst all of the prophets and the messengers. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, ibn Taymiyyah mentioned rahimahullah ta'ala the hadith of iftirat, the hadith that the ummah would be divided into 73 sects. And the Prophet said, uh, those that would enter the paradise are upon that which I am upon and my companions. So that which the Prophet was upon and his companions was gentleness, was joining together upon righteousness, was joining together upon piety. And the Shaykh mentioned, the way of the companions were that they would race to assist one another. They would race to assist one another. If a person needed something, all of them would race to try to give that individual that which he, that which he needed. And likewise, they defended one another. They supported one another. They helped one another. And all of this was done uh, based on the legislation. And the Shaykh mentioned Aviv Allah Ta'ala, or Shaykh al-Islam, Afwan, Shaykh al-Islam, Ibn, Ibn Taymiyyah, Rahim Allah Ta'ala, that this is the way of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And from amongst Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah, you have the Siddiqoon, you have those who are truthful, wa Shuhada, you have those that fight in the way of Allah, and Afwan, the martyrs that uh, die in the way of Allah, wa Salihun, those who are righteous, wa minhum a'lam al-Huda, the scholars and the leaders of the religion, wa Masabihu al-Duja, and the, the, the guiding lanterns, the guiding lanterns and the Sheikh mentioned that the scholars they are described as being guided, guiding lanterns because of their clarification of the path for the people the, clarific the clarification of the path for the people so it is as if they are lanterns which are guiding the path well abdal he mentioned Sheikh Al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah mentioned al-abdal these are the individuals that whenever you have a scholar and a defender of the religion that passes away Allah would bring someone in the place of that individual. So you will not have a caller to Allah that passes away except that someone else would continue to call the people to that good. And Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned rahimahullah ta'ala that uh, these are ta'ifatul mansura, they are the, the guided saved sect that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that there will not, uh, there will never be an end or uh, there will never come a time except that his, there will be a safe sect from amongst his ummah they are upon the truth and they will not be harmed by those who go against them and the Shaykh mentioned Aviv Allah Ta'ala verily these were tremendous beautiful uh, sentences uh, summarized sentences that were mentioned by Shaykh Al-Islam Rahim Allah Ta'ala and we ask Allah Azza to make us from that safe sect and we ask Allah Azza to make us sincerely from those individuals who are true and to make us sincerely from those individuals that know the mistakes and race to correct our mistakes and those individuals who race to implement tawbah and we ask Allah Azawajal to bless us in our health and to bless us in our safety and security and we ask Allah Azawajal to be from amongst those who are true and supporting Islam according to the truth and we ask Allah Azawajal to support Islam and we ask Allah to uh, debase and remove the bottom and we ask Allah Azawajal to debase and remove those who are calling to uh, deviation and those who are calling to uh, uh, those who are calling to uh, removal of the religion and those who are calling to sin and those who are calling to all types of evil this was the last explanation of the book and may the peace and blessings of Allah Azawajal be upon the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu upon his family and uh, his companions
Just remind the brothers from the from the fiqh of sitting with the scholars that when you send the questions, you should send questions more so related to the topic. And then if there's time, then you can send questions not related to the topic. يقول السائل هل العلماء يرثون من يقصد علماء ورثة الأنبياء فالسؤال هل العلماء يرثون كل ما يدخل تحت العلم مثل الصفات الطيبة والأخلاق الحسنة وجمع وجوامع الكلم ونحو ذلك النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أخبر أن الأنبياء لا يخلفون مالا وإنما يخلفون العلم الدين والذين يتلقون هذا العلم من مصادره المعتبره يكونون وارثين للانبياء ولذلك الله جل وعلا استشهد باهل العلم على وحدانيته كما في سوره ال عمران العلم قائم بالقسط فالمقصود بالعلم الذي يورث من النبي وما كان متعلقا ب الايمان بالله جل وعلا ومعرفه الاعمال والاخلاق التي يحبها الله سبحانه وتعالى ومعرفه الاعمال والاخلاق التي يكرهها الله جل وعلا فكل ما كان نافعا للعباد في دفع الشر عنهم وجلب الخير لهم فهو مما يورث الانبياء بما فيها الاخلاق النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم سمحا سهلا كريما لا يقطب بوجه في, في وجه احد فهو أكمل الناس إيمانا وأخلاقا صلوات الله وسلامه عليه The individual is asking do the scholars do they inherit from the prophets and the messengers all types of knowledge even with regards to good character and, and the likes in the statement of Habib Allah Ta'ala that the prophets mentioned that the prophets the prophets mentioned that the scholars are the inheritors Afwan, the Prophet mentioned that the Prophets and the Messengers do not leave back inheritance of wealth, but rather they leave back inheritance of knowledge and religion. So whoever holds on to that knowledge and religion, he has holding on, he has taken the inheritance of the Prophets and the Messengers. Because of that, the Prophet, or because of that, Allah has mentioned that they are witnesses to his oneness, which came in Surah Ali Imran in the Quran. So that which is meant by inheritance is the knowledge. And from that knowledge is faith. Faith in Allah Azawajal. Faith in His religion. And also from that knowledge is uh, the actions and character. And that is to know the actions which are loved by Allah so that you can implement them and to know the actions which are hated and detested by Allah so you can abstain from them. So everything which is of benefit for the servant, everything which is of benefit from the servant, this is considered from the inheritance and the knowledge. And from that is the good character. 
And because of that, the Prophet ﷺ was the individual who possessed the best of character. He was very easygoing ﷺ with those who were in front of him. And because of that, the Prophet there was no one that has greater iman nor greater character than that of our beloved Messenger ﷺ. يقول السائل كيف نعلم أو كيف نفهم أولادنا لما يرون أو لما يرون مخال لما يرون المسلمين يعملون يعملون مخالفات فكيف نفهمهم أن هذه المخالفات ليس من الإسلام؟ بين لأولادكم الأخلاق الكريمة وما يخالف هذه الأخلاق فليست من الأخلاق التي يحبها الله التي يحبها الله ما دعا إليه الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم من العبادات ومخالقة الناس والرفق بهم والإحسان إليهم والغبطة والسرور بما يأتيهم من خير والتأسي إن جاءهم من أتاهم ما يضر ولو أن الناس يكونون على أخلاق النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم متصفين بكل ما بلغ عنه لما كان الإسلام بما ترونه الآن ومع ذلك نرجو من الله جل وعلا لطفا بنا وبالامه اجمع ودفعا عن للشر عنهم اجمعين بمنه وكرمه. Individuals asking how do you explain to your children uh, when they see when they witness the actions of Muslims that are going against uh, Islam, actions which are not in accordance with Islam. The Sheikh mentioned Abu Allah Ta'ala, you should clarify for them the character, the good character, the exemplary character. And that which is in opposition to that exemplary character is not something which is beloved by Allah Azawajal. And he mentioned, so you should clarify for them that which is loved by Allah and that which was performed by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The character of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the worship, the character of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, how to uh, intermingle with the people with gentleness and kindness and that you are happy when good befalls them and that uh, you are saddened when harm befalls them. And the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala, if the people were to implement that which the Prophet was upon of character, then Islam would not be in the state that you see it today. But we hope from Allah Azza wa Jal to have uh, mercy with the Ummah, with all of the Ummah. يقول السائل هل يجوز للمسلم أن يكره أن يكره ظالما؟ يعني هل يجب عليه أن يعفو عنه أو هل يجوز له أن يكرهه إذا كان يشاهد منه ظلم؟ من شأن المسلم 
أن يحب المسلم الحسن الأخلاق المسلم الرفيق بالمسلمين ومن شأنه أن يكره الظلم ويكره من يرتكبونه إن الله جل وعلا يقول يا عبادي إني حرمت الظلم على نفسي وجعلته بينكم محرما فلا تظالم لكن لا يشمت ويذم وإنما يدعو للظالم أن يهديه الله ويدعو للآخرين ألا يصيبهم الظلم الظالمين permissible for me to dislike uh, an oppressor, a Muslim oppressor, or is it mandatory that I forgive him over uh, or I pardon him? The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala from the affair of the Muslim is that you love the Muslim with good character. You love the Muslim with good character, good manners, and you dislike the, the oppressor. As Allah Ta'ala, as it was mentioned by the Prophet that Allah Ta'ala said, verily I have forbade oppression upon myself and I have made it forbidden amongst you so do not oppress but the affair is that Sheikh mentioned but the affair is that you don't continue to hate and the likes but you should supplicate for the individual you should supplicate for the uh, one who is oppressing and you ask Allah to guide him يقول السائل هل يعتقد أو هل من اعتقاد أهل السنة والجماعة أنه لا يوجد طورية في القرآن طورية إذا كان المقصود بالتورية أن يكون ظاهر اللفظ لا يدل على ما يفهم الواحد منه هذا لا يجوز ذكر القرآن بأنه عربي مبين وأما أن يكون القرآن يذكر أشياء تدل على أشياء لم ينص عليها فهذا شيء لا حرج فيه The individuals asking this from this the appeal of Ahlul Sunnah do they believe that there is no Tawri in Quran I can't think of the English word for Tawri. Tawri is that something is mentioned, but the, the, the apparent wording is not what is intended. Something is intended other than, than the apparent wording. The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, if this is that, if this is what you are mentioning, or if this is what you intend, that the apparent wording is not what is intended or understood by the, by the listener or the reader, then this is not permissible to believe in the Quran. It is not permissible to believe that there is apparent wording that Allah intends another meaning. This is not permissible because Allah said in the Quran, Arabiyun Mubin. It is clear Arabic. It is clear Arabic. So this is uh, the answer of the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala. But as for if you mean that the Quran mentions something, uh, يعني القرآن يذكر أشياء تدل على أشياء لم توسع عليها يخل مقصود يذكر أشياء تدل على أشياء لم تذكر هذا وارد ممكن 
يذكر امرا مهما يدل على امورا اخرى مهمه لو لم يذكرها But if what's intended is that the Quran mentions something, the word mentions something, or the chapter mentions something, or the verse mentions something, and it indicates something else, meaning it, it, it's hinting to something else, then this is possible. This is possible in the Quran, but not that the apparent wording has a, a, different, in, uh, a different meaning. This is not correct with regards to the Quran. يقول السائل هل هل ورد شيء في السنه يدل على جواز وضع على جواز وضع سطر امام شخص يصلي بدون سطر مثلا شخص يدخل المسجد يرى شخص يصلي بدون سطر لا حرج بذلك لان هذا من الاحسان اليه واعانته على كمال عمله فلا حرج في ذلك Individuals asking, is there anything uh, present in the sunnah that informs that uh, to put a sutra in front of someone who's praying without a sutra? And the Sheikh said, there's no problem in you doing so. And this is from you uh, being kind toward that individual and uh, helping that individual to implement something which he, he should perform. يقول السائل هل يدخل المسلمون الجنة بأجسامهم التي كانوا فيها في الدنيا؟ هم يدخلون الجنة في أصل هذه الأجسام لكنهم لما يعاد يقولون جاء في مقياس واحد لا تجد فيهما قصير الخامة أو طويلا مفرطا في الطول وضخم الجثة ولطيف الحجم لا هم يأثون بطول محدد قد بينته السنة. Individuals asking do when the Muslims enter into Jannah would they enter into Jannah with the same bodies that they had in this life? The Sheikh mentioned Allah the origin of the body would be the same that which they enter uh, into Jannah but when the soul is returned to the body and these individuals enter into Jinnah uh, the Sheikh mentioned that you won't have individuals that are extremely tall ex- individuals that are extremely short individuals that are extremely large fat or individuals that are uh, very skinny but their size the tall and the size of the individual is something that has been mentioned in the Sunnah so it is specific height and specific size of the people that enter into Jinnah هذا ما ذكرهم في أحاديث البعث يتحدث عن بعث الناس وروجهم. And this is mentioned. The Sheikh mentioned Habib Allah Taala. That's those specifics are mentioned in the hadith that are referring to uh, the resurrection. In those hadith that are referring to resurrection, it's mentioned specific heights and the likes of that which are uh, in the legislation.
يقول السائل هل يجوز للنساء استعمال الدف عند عند احتفالات النكاح وامثالها؟ يجوز احتفالات الزواج النكاح وليس بامثالها الذي امر بالزواج ان استعمل الدف عند النساء في حفل الزواج لكن امثالها مثل ناجح واحد في اختبار ولا ناجح في الاختبار او في شهاده او لا هذه يشكرون الله جل وعلا. Individuals asking is it permissible for the women to use the drum during a celebration for marriage, marital celebrations and the likes? The Sheikh mentioned it is permissible for the women to use the drums during the marital celebrations, not the likes. Because the Prophet وسلم, uh, allowed for the women to use the, the drum during marital celebrations, but not other than that. So, for example, if a person uh, gains a certificate or, 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 or passes and gets a degree and the likes of that, it is not permissible for them to use the drum, but rather they are grateful to Allah for that which they gained. يقول السائل هناك من يحرص على سد الفرج بين بين الاقدام في الصلاه فهل هذا الصحيح؟ التراص في الصف قرب كل شخص من الاخر بصافه هذا امر به النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لكن ليس بالطريقه التي يعملها بعض الناس فرق بين أقدامه بحيث لو جاءت شاة دخلت حتى لا يكون بينه وبين الثاني لا وإنما ينبغي يكون في حال وقفته واصطفافه كاتفه وقارئ ملاصق لكتفه المصافة وجنبه كذلك دون أن يعمل بتكلفات كما يفعله بعض الناس Individuals asking Uh, there are some individuals that try their best to uh, to bring together the gaps on, on the, the ankles between the feet, the, the gaps between the feet while people are praying. And this is this from the Sunnah. The Sheikh mentioned Abi Allah Taala. This is something that the Prophet Sallallahu ordered that the gaps are closed uh, between the feet uh, during the prayer, but not as some people do it today. Not as some people do it today. You have some people when they stand, they spread their feet so far apart that if a sheep were to come, the sheep can walk from, you know, go under their legs. And this is not correct. The person should stand normally and he should keep his foot uh, to the side of the foot which is next to him without uh, being making it difficult upon himself. يقول السائل هل العاملات في بعض البيوت تعتبر او يعتبرن مما ملكت ايدينا وبالتالي يكون حلالا للرجل ان يفعل بها لا ما لسنا كذلك ولا يحل للانسان ولو كانت خادمه ان يخلو بها لا يجوز ان يخلو الرجل بخادمته 
التي تخدم في بيته والنبي يقول ما خلا رجل بامراه يعني اجنبيه منه الا كان الشيطان ثالثهما اي امراه يحرم منها ما يحرم من اي امراه اخرى ليست بزوجه Individuals asking, are the, the mates in the homes, are they female slaves and does it mean it's permissible for a man to have relations with her? They said, no, they are not. And it's not permissible for him to be alone. It's not permissible for the man to be alone with the, the mate. If the Prophet mentioned any man that is alone with a woman that's not permissible for him, the shaitan is the third of them. So it is forbidden for you to be alone with her just like it's forbidden for you to be alone with any woman. يقول السائل هل للمرأة أن تطلب الخلعة إذا رغب زوجها في زواج امرأة ثانية وتقول زوجته بأنها لا تتحمل ذلك؟ هو لا يجوز لها إن الله جل وعلا أباح للرجل أن يتزوج أكثر من امرأة يتزوج أربع أما لو فرض أن الزوج جاء يجور معها ولا ينصفها من حقها فإنه يكون قد ظلمها ومن حقها إذا ظلمت أن تطلب رفع الظلم أو الفراق. Is it permissible? Individuals asking: Is it permissible for a woman to ask for a separation from her husband if he wants to marry another wife? And she says that she cannot handle it. The Sheikh said it's not permissible for her to seek a separation because Allah Azawajal has allowed for the man to have four women. But if the husband is oppressive to his wife and he does not give her her rights. Then it is permissible for her to seek her rights or to seek a separation. يقول السائل يا فضيلة الشيخ حبيبك الله معلوم ان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يقتصر على الواجبات وسنه الفجر والوتر في السفر فهل هناك استثناء لمكه والمدينه او لزائر مكه والمدينه؟ معلوم ان النبي صلى حبيبك الله معلوم ان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يقتصر حال سفره على الواجبات وسنه الفجر والوتر فهل هناك استثناء لزائر مكه والمدينه؟ أولا النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لم ينهى عن النوافل في السفر وكان يصلي النافلة على الراحلة وكان الصحابة يصلون وهم على رواحلهم النوافل وفي مكة والمدينة لا شك أن المسجدين ليس كغيرهما لكن النبي ما قال إذا جئتم إلى مكة فأكثروا من الصلاة أو إلى جيث المسجد فأكثر من الصلاة 
الا ان المطلق مطلق كلام النبي لما ذكر الوتر يعني صارت شيء من التهجد في الليل اثناء ولم يقل ترى المسافر لا شيء عليه والصحابه اعرف الناس بمرادي رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وكانوا يصلون في السفر تهجدهم صلاتهم يصلونهم وهم سائرون ولو الى غير القبله والنبي لما ذكر الصلاه ذكر بعد صلاه الفجر النهي حتى تطلع الشمس ثم قال بعدها فصل فان الصلاه مشهوده محظوره لان تحضرها الملائكه حتى يقوم قائم الظهيره فامسك حتى تزول الشمس والامساك عند الزوال قليل لانه بمجرد ما يقف الظل عن التخلص ظل الشمس ظل الشاخص اذا بدا بالزياده فذاك هو وقت الزوال يدخل وقت النهار وبعد العصر ينهى حتى تغرب الشمس الاخره فكلما اكثر الانسان من الصلوات في غير وقت النهي فهو عمل كريم وحسن الا ان النبي في السفر اذا كان منشغلا في سفره لم ينقل عنه صلوات النوافل الا فيما يتعلق بركعتي الفجر هذا في الاوقات الضيقه يعني ك يوم عرفه وكليله مزدلفه يعني متهيئ للدخول في عباده يطول وقتها Known that the Prophet used to shorten his, uh, he, used to face, he used to suffice with obligatory prayers as well as the Sunnah for Salat al Fajr and Salat al Witr on a journey. Is there an exception for Mecca and Medina? The Prophet mentioned that the Prophet did not forbid an individual to pray the superiority prayers during a journey. At times, it's reported that he used to pray them. While he was on his riding beast, and some of the companions used to also pray the superiority prayers on their riding beasts. Indeed, Mecca and Medina are like no other city. But the Prophet did not say, uh, if you visit Mecca and Medina, then make a lot of superiority prayers. The Prophet didn't say that. Um, and verily, the companions were more aware of the. Uh, the intent of the Prophet ﷺ when he said his statements. And the companions used to continue to pray their night prayer, their tahajjud, while they were uh, on a journey, even if they faced other than the Qibla. Um, the Prophet ﷺ encouraged that people pray their superagatory prayers, as the Prophet ﷺ mentioned about praying after, uh, after the sunrise, until just before Dhuhr, the Prophet mentioned about this time being permissible for people to pray for verily it's mashhuda, verily uh, the salat at this time is witnessed and uh, then after, after Dhuhr until Asr it's permissible uh, then after Asr the Prophet discouraged uh, and forbade people to pray until the sun sets so the Shaykh mentioned Habib the more a person can pray this is something which is recommended and something which is good except during the forbidden times 
and he mentioned Habibullah that the Prophet used to uh, abandon or sometimes leave off the spiritual prayer because of the journey itself. You know, the, the hassle and the being busy within the journey. Uh, and because of the, the limited amount of time, for example, the day of Arafat, the day of Muzdalifah, the Prophet was getting himself ready for the other actions, the other actions of worship that would take place. So he did not pray the, those, those arbitrary prayers. لكن نسأل الله جل وعلا بأسماءه وصفاته أن يجعل عملنا جميعا خالصا لوجه الله موافقا لسنة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم مقبولا عند ربنا جل وعلا نافعا لنا في حياتنا وفي آخرتنا كما نسأله بأسماءه وصفاته أن يعز الإسلام والمسلمين وأن يذل الكفر والكافرين والمنافقين وأن يفرج كارب المقروبين من المسلمين وأن يشفي مرضاهم ويؤمن خائفهم ويفك أسر أسيرهم ويغني فقيرهم ويشبع جائعهم ويكسو عاريهم بمنه جل وعلا وكرمه كما نسأل سبحانه أن يعاجل المظلومين بالعدوان والقتال أن يعاجلهم بالنصر والتمكين يهديهم للإيمان حقا وأن ينصرهم على أعدائهم كما نسأله سبحانه وتعالى أن ينصر أهل الحق في الشام وفي فلسطين وفي العراق وفي اليمن وفي سائر البقاع الإسلامية أن يعاجلها بلطف منهم وفرج ونصر وتمكين لأهل الحق كما نسأله سبحانه وتعالى أن يوفق ولاة المسلمين في كل مكان لنصرة الحق وأهله وإذلال الباطل وأهله والأخذ على أيدي السفهاء وإعزاز الأمر بالمعروف والنهي عن المنكر وأن يهيئ المسلمين انفتاحا للدعوة إلى الله وفتح وسالك الدعوة للحق والهدى إنه مجيب الدعاء صلى الله عليه وسلم الشيخ حبيب الله تعالى سمي وصفائس with this amount of uh, questions so verily the questions are plentiful and the time is limited we ask Allah Azza wa Jalla with his names and attributes to make our actions sincerely for the face of Allah in accordance with the sunnah of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم accepted by Allah and beneficial for us in this life and the next next we ask Allah to give might and glory to Islam and the Muslims and to debase and remove the kufr. We ask Allah to give peace to the Muslims in all parts of the world. We ask Allah to uh, give uh, freedom to the Muslim who is, is, is captive, to, to give food to the Muslim who is hungry, to give clothing to the Muslim who is without clothing, and to give uh, good health to the Muslims who are sick. We ask Allah to remove the oppression of the Muslims uh, around the world. We ask Allah Azawajal, to guide them with true Iman and to assist them. We ask Allah Azawajal to debase the, the disbelievers and the enemies of Islam. We ask Allah to uh, help the Muslims who are being oppressed in Syria and in Palestine and in Iraq and in Yemen. 
and in all other parts of the world. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to give success to the Muslim rulers in all parts of the world and to guide them and to allow them to assist the truth and to have might and glory, to have might and reverence for enjoying the good and forbidding the evil. And we ask Allah to allow the, the Muslims to call to the path of Allah Azza wa Jal. This is the supplication of the Shaykh of Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam wa Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam taslim al-kathir. وهنيئا لكم ولنا جميعا اكمال رساله العقيده الواسطيه للشيخ الاسلام ابن تيميه ونصيحتي لجميع ان يعيدوا قراءتها مره بعد مره فانها فيها خير كثير وعلم عظيم نافع والله المستعان. الشيخ سالم وي وي congratulate you for completing this treaties and I advise you to repeat it over and over, to read it over and over, for verily it has much good uh, in this book. May Allah have mercy upon it. والحمد لله على كل خير ونسأله أن يكفي ما شر كل ذي شر أنا صحيح أن كتاب اختاروا كتاب أو أكثر يعطينا الشيخ مصطفى اللي تختارون أشوف الذي أرجو أن يكون أكثر فائدة للجميع فلا أرجو أن الله يسر الخير فيه إن شئتم فيما يتعلق ب العبادات او في العقيده اللي ينبغي كل واحد يفكر في الموضوع ويعطي مقترحه الشيخ الدكتور مصطفى حتى لعل ذلك يتم قبل الموعد الاتي يعني يكون مثل هذا اليوم من الاسبوع القادم كل درس لعل الاختيار يتم قبله ثم يبلغ ما يتم الاتفاق عليه الجميع قبل ذلك اليوم على الاقل بيوم او يومين. الشيخ حبيب الله تعالى mentioned that alhamdulillah we finished this book and he said you can give your suggestions to us for the next book that we would start whether it's related to ibadat and whether it's related to aqeedah uh, and we would choose something that's beneficial and inshallah is beneficial to us all and we would try to get that done uh, within this time before the next lesson. So that when we start the next lesson, we can know which book that we're going to to read, inshallah. And maybe it will take one, two, two days to finish this selection, inshallah.